Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including the Asterian Aura VR stand. Adam, that was great. I'm Jay Bratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. Well, thank you so much, Jay. I'm Adam Charlton, a software dev, and you know, with us... Lipnox, you have a little bit of news about 4, 4 VR Bull tonight, don't you? So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Lipnox, I got my YouTube channel, and uh, I've been on here a couple times now. But uh, I just recently uh, did a thing for the 4 VR bowling game for the Oculus Quest. They just recently actually just got $8.5 million in funding, so they're definitely Oof. doing pretty good. But they have a new update, and they're adding a new bowling lane. And I actually ended up submitting an image to be in the game. And I went and checked that out last night. And it's actually a pretty, a pretty big real estate of the, uh, of the level. But if you've played 4VR for, for Bowl, definitely uh, check out that new update. I think it's coming like three or four days and see if you can find me. Well, it it'll is. probably be I, out when it, the video goes live. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe... I saw the picture on YouTube. You posted it on there, and it's him in front of it, and it's like a it's like a poster on the wall. It's really cool. It's like something you might not even notice it, you know, because it like fits in the bowling alley just right. But if you're looking for it, there's Lipnox on the wall, looking famous and awesome. Good job, <laughs> buddy. Uh, <laughs> our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest and greatest VR news, and then we discuss the games we played recently, and you know. VR concepts, whatever comes from there. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here in VR in an incredible recording booth, uh, interacting as if we're really together in one room. So check out the channel if you want to see us in our lovely virtual faces. <laughs> we got we got some Q&A to talk about. Lip, what, wasn't there a question for us? So Mavel777 asks, what new VR games that aren't out yet that you are excited about or that you are excited about. So what new VR games that aren't yet aren't out yet are we excited about? And he lists some suggestions, Clash of or Clash of Chefs VR, Saints and Sinners update, After the Fall, Jurassic Park Aftermath for the Quest 2 or the the new update. So I put a little list together of some of the ones that I'm excited about. And I think there was one major one that was off that was missing off of his list. And of course Resident Evil 4 VR hundred percent i mean that's for for me at least because I, I played that game brand new when it came out on the gamecube that is an extremely exciting game to have in vr uh but I, I did i did throw in some extra things too because there is another resident evil game coming kind of there is someone who is actually modifying resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 for pc with full vr support including like moving hands and everything so i'm honestly almost just as excited for that as I am for Resident Evil 4. And I do have a couple other ones, but I want to hear what you guys have to say, too. <laughs> All the Resident Evils. Well, dang it. Resi yeah. Resident Evil 4 was going to be my big one by far. Uh, I hadn't <laughs> heard about these mods. That's a big deal, too, though, because I, I played all the Resident Evil games. Well, all the main ones, not those awful Umbrella Operations ones. Uh, so I'm super excited for that. After the Fall looks really good. It's coming from... a. Uh, Vertigo Games, who made Arizona Sunshine. You're going to play with a bunch of your friends in a post-apocalyptic world. And it, it, it's basically zombies, but they're not calling it zombies. So then, unlike Arizona Sunshine, they can have other monsters, mutants, creatures, instead of just zombies, which got a little boring in Arizona Sunshine. So I'm super excited for those. Uh, Adam, is there anything coming that you're excited about? 
yeah, you know, can we can we do updates for a game too? Because I got to tell you, the number one thing that I'm most looking forward to, and I have been for a long, long time, is the um, is the campaign mode for Blade and Sorcery. Uh, They've been gearing up for it for so long. This whole RPG elements, you're leveling up, you know, get better weapons and gears to go along, because that just sounds like so much fun. And I've been waiting for that since pretty much since Blade. And, I first touched Blade and Sorcery, right? <laughs> I read about that. There's going to be dungeons and stuff. Uh, is it like a full campaign? I didn't see all that. I just saw there was like a dungeon thing coming. So, I mean, anything is something, though. I truly don't know. But it's all up to the designer, I guess. But if there's any sort of progression in that game, you know, where you're limited at first, can you imagine, um, you know, starting out that game, you only have daggers and you have to work your way up, purchase all these better and better weapons. It sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I hope that it's some new weapons. Like, I'd feel a little sad if it was like you start off, you just progress through all the weapons we're all used to using. But anything for Blade and Sorcery, I'm excited for. It's been <laughs> it's been too long, you know. I think it's still a one person team that makes that game, so it's yeah. no wonder it takes a while. Uh, that's awesome. Yes, I think that counts. What do you think, Lipnox? I mean, I, I just I just saw a thing that had an update for Blade and Sorcery that someone made like the the rings from that. Uh, shang chi or whatever that new marvel movie is uh they made the rings from that that you could use in blade and sorcerer so i thought that was pretty cool but uh <laughs> you know what if he's 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 literally got saints and, Sin- saints and sinners update listed on this uh question so i would definitely say that's a that, that, that's a that's a huge huge win and blade and sorcery is one of the most popular vr games in general general right now so the more they add to it the better <laughs> as it should be all right, yeah. Jay, you got some more questions for us? <laughs> this is a weird one. So Scarlet Ibis said, there was a poll on Jay's Discord about the meaning of the phrase next weekend. Can you debate it out on the next episode? We all need to know. So I put a poll out because I feel like next weekend is a really confusing phrase that people use. Because I never know whether they're talking about the upcoming weekend or the one after it, especially depending on what day of the week it was. So I put a thing out. I was like, okay, if today was Monday and I said, let's play VR next weekend. What does that mean? And it means it, Saturday. <laughs> it, it, see, and it was like 50, 50 on the discord. What? Like, but what some, if it's Wednesday? What if it's Wednesday? It is still Saturday. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Thursday, no, I'm going to spout truth right now. Right? <laughs> so next, next weekend has to mean if you're on a weekday, it is the next Saturday or Friday evening, or whatever. But if you're on a weekend, then it is a week from today. See, I, I feel the same way. But Discord, that it won only by one vote. That one ended up winning. And then I posted on YouTube, but I, I screwed up the phrasing a little bit. I didn't keep it exactly the same. And then on YouTube, the other one won by quite a bit. Seriously? Like, <laughs> so it, it is really confusing. Uh, what do you think, Lip? I think it depends on the day of the week, you ask. Because like mm-hmm. to me... Once we get into like Thursday, next weekend is like a far away thing, and <laughs> t- tomorrow is Friday. So it's like, the, 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 by the time we're reaching like Thursday afternoon, next weekend is the is is a week away. But <laughs> I feel like if you tell me if you're like asking me on Tuesday, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm thinking you know the upcoming weekend. But See- <laughs> the fact that someone can say upcoming weekend, but there's no terminology for the next weekend after that makes it almost more appropriate to just say upcoming weekend if they were talking about the one that was just about to come up, which makes it almost double. 
it gets really messy when then you ask, well, what does weekend after next mean? But a yeah. lot of people on the Discord were super passionate. Saber Mom was one of them. That no matter what, <laughs> if you say next weekend, that is the weekend after the upcoming one. And I was like, okay, that's not right. Like that, that you're talking two weeks away if it's Monday and I say next weekend. But she was like, hey, you're wrong. Everyone's wrong. She was like super angry I mean, angry at the same it. time, yeah. What's the difference? If it's a Monday, what's the difference between saying this weekend and next weekend, right? That's always exactly. been my point. I was always like, isn't this weekend and next week kind of the same thing? Then isn't that the problem with this whole thinking? But then people got into all kinds of crazy debates. They were like, well, if you say next year, you're not talking about two years from now. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's next a good time, point. Next time I'm at the DMV and I'm the second guy in line and they say next, I'm just going to cut ahead of him. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, they didn't mean you. They meant the next person. And I'm going to see how that goes. That's what I told Saber Mom. I'm just going to step right in front of him. Well, like if you think of it like TV shows, when they say the next episode, I mean, technically, if you think of it like that, if it's Saturday, oh, next weekend would be the next Saturday. Exactly. And see, the one thing that kind of muddies this is if you say next year, well, you're currently in a year. I guess that's what makes this tricky for people because you're in a year. So next year is the next coming one. If you're watching an episode, the next one is the next coming one. And if today was Sunday and I said next weekend, I would be thinking the upcoming one. So it's messy and you'll find out just like the macaroni and spoon fork debate we've been in. This is one of those (laughs) things. If you start asking people, you're going to get all kinds of crazy answers that were totally different when you thought everyone thought of it the way you did. So if you're out there, come join the discord. Tell us what you think, because I I still don't have a great answer, but I want to say I'm right. I mean, I I, I obviously want to say that. (laughs) Just wait till we start getting into some into some real hard questions like how many holes does a straw have? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what, right, let's any, quickly any... move on right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say, got... as my brain's exploding with all this information i'm like okay all right what's the macaroni thing what's the straw thing you know where where, where are we going with this <laughs> i think we got one <laughs> more question. question left uh adam <laughs> yeah so this question also comes from mavel 777 and he asks how can i keep my oculus quest 2 from fogging up or getting blurry um so I got to say that the number one answer to this is get an index instead. That way your Oculus Quest will be perfectly fine, right? It'll be perfectly clean. It'll sit there and never get... T- no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it's... You know, honestly, doing the... Keeping it from fogging up and all these things is actually a really hard problem, especially for these workout games, right? I mean, I've always joked about how you need to put one of those like silica packets right in your forehead that you put in food to keep it dry, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can do that, especially if you accidentally eat it, which it expressly says not to do. Um, but, you know, it's it's always been a dream of mine to for someone to try that. <laughs> to find something and just keep it in there. Well, I've got a pretty easy solution that Bobo VR sent out. They've I was, was going to say. Yeah, have you gotten one, Lip? <laughs> I have never got the Bobo VR because I like my headset right now and I don't see any reason to spend money on something... When I'm already happy with what I have, and well, I Lip, know the Lip has a truly, at some point. He's got a truly unique, actually, answer to this. How do you rock your headset to where it doesn't fog up? Well, I actually have two two answers to this because the Bobo VR one was one of my things. Uh, but uh, the ultimately, the way to do it is the same way as Bobo VR does it. But you can buy these neck fans that are basically <laughs> these cheap, like ten dollar fans that basically blow air into your face that you wear around your neck and you can find them on amazon and those apparently do wonders at removing the fog and also cooling you down so 
those are probably the realistic option. But for me, I legitimately have counterweights on the back of my headset and I have a halo strap. So I just took the facial interface out completely. So if there's no facial interface, there's enough free open air that it never fogs up for the most part. The worst I have is that my forehead sometimes will slightly cause like a little bit of like smudge at the top where I just sort of wipe it down with the microfiber cloth. But ultimately, I just don't play with the with the facial interface and that fixed the problem real fast. (laughs) Which Which is unusual. I've never heard of anybody doing that with the Quest 2 before. Well, I, I think I was one of the first people because I, I saw someone else mention that they did it. And I was like, I tried that and I tried it and it worked. So, <laughs> but I, I would say that the fans, either the Bobo VR or the neck fans are, are the right answer. <laughs> the fans are the solution. But man, if you can make it just float in front of your face like that and play without it, that is truly unique and unusual. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're not looking for these fans, a couple other solutions people have used in the past. The problem with the reason that the condensation happens is there's a difference between the lenses temperature and your face temperature. And so if you are to warm up the lenses first, that can actually help keep from getting that immediate fog that shows up. Oh. So like if you have a space here nearby, you just hold it in front of it for a few seconds and then put it on. That can help. Keeping them clean, uh, I wouldn't recommend it, but human spit has some good uh, elements in it that keep lenses from fogging. I know that from uh, free diving. <laughs> First thing you do before you go in the water, you spit in your mask, wipe it all around, and then your mask never fogs. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's all kinds of things, but definitely... It's like licking your own eye. Yeah, if, you're, if, you, if you destroy your headset by putting spit in it, you know we are not held responsible. Yeah, as I said, I don't recommend <laughs> Maybe it, but it, Jay it is, does but not work. Me. It does work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good questions tonight uh oh sorry <laughs> but my dog we gotta keep on rolling we've got news to talk about but before we tell you about the news we gotta tell you about our sponsor asterian products you know them thanks to their gorgeous vr headset stand they actually have a new product out right now it's called the origin it's a vr mat that helps keep you in your play space keep you from running around punching people in the face punching the desk like adam just did before we started the podcast here it's uh, true <laughs> go to Amazon, check it out, and if you decide you want to get one, use code FULLDIVE21 on anything Asterion on Amazon and save another 10%, which is pretty awesome. That's a pretty good deal, Jay. Now, <laughs> we have some interesting news for this week, don't we, Jay? Um, it, there, there's an interesting game. I know it's been on the top of a lot of people's list. Uh, how about you tell us about it? Uh, if you remember I Expect You to Die from years ago, awesome you're a spy kind of an escape room style game well i expect you to die 2 just launched august 24th so not long ago it launched on all platforms quest pc psvr everything and it it has already sold a million dollars worth of units million dollars which is huge like any vr game to come out and they basically said it was less than a week is what the studio said uh However you look at it, that's awesome. And the first I Expect You Die that came out back in 2016, it took months to reach that. And this one came out and it just blew up quick. Have either of you played it yet? I have. Honestly, I've, I've I haven't played, played the first them. one, but not the second one. <laughs> I, I played the first one. What did you say, Lep? I, I, I haven't played either of them, but I, I will give them one uh, like uh, thing that I did, I did see as I watched that trailer for the next, the new one. 
And that might be one of the, if not the best trailer I've ever seen in VR. So <laughs> whoever made that trailer, I think he can give themselves a, a pat on the back for some of those sales. <laughs> <laughs> they they did it up. And the, a big reason, too, that it sold so well was because everybody loved the first one. You know, yeah, yeah. Adam, you played it. I played it. It was just so fun. And it was amusing. You know, it's comical, too, while you're doing it. You're having a good time. You're getting through some puzzles. It's a really cool game. I haven't played number two yet. It's just been busy, busy weeks, but I really want to get in and play it because it was an awesome game. And this is great news to all of us out there who've been like, where's the VR news? Where's the VR headsets? Where's the stuff happening? It shows it's alive and kicking, even if it seems like we're a little under the radar at the moment, which which is good news to me because I'm not going to lie. I was getting a little nervous looking at the news the past few weeks when like nothing was happening. <laughs> but you know, this is one of the biggest things, right? In order to reach a million dollars so quickly... Man, they're, I, I got to say, we sort of rip on Facebook a little bit, but these Quest 2 sales are doing wonders for the industry, I think. It's just getting VR into the hands of so many more people that it allows game studios to feel a lot more comfortable about when they make a game, it's going to sell. Yeah, that's the, every any game that comes out, if it's not on Quest 2 now, I'm just like, what are they thinking? Like, they got to make <laughs> a way for it to get on Quest 2 as well, because you're really risking yourself if you don't get your game on there. Well, and that's a, that's a really scalable game too. So it, you know, it can still be as amazing as it would be anyways on PC without downgrading the quest experience, which I think you know, as as when you can do that, it makes everyone happy. You get tons of positive press, and then people are more open to spending the money because I think that's one thing that I'm a little bit worried with the the green hell is they're making like a quest version and they're making a PC VR version, and I'm kind of like, well, the money's going to be on the quest version, but the power is on the PC, you know, how do you, how do you balance those types of things? And I think, it, you know, I expect you to die. Both of them are just titles that are perfect games for that because, you know, you can put them on PSVR, put them on PC, put them on quest. It's going to be awesome wherever. And they're going to age really, really well. So in three or four years, when someone picks up a new headset, I guarantee you they can pick up that game and it'll still be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Even the original, you know, as old as it is, it's, yeah. it's still an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we've, we've all been saying on this podcast here, you know, so hopefully someone though is going to see the quest who's doing so well, someone needs to jump in and make that competitor headset. And Adam, are you going to tell us about that tonight? Is it happening? You no, know, I, I was planning on it. So last time we had lip on, uh, we mentioned this potential Oculus competitor links with the links VR headset. Now, this is, uh, and I highly recommend, maybe we can link it in the show notes, our discussion on it last time, because we had a really, we had some thoughts on this headset. <laughs> um, it looked kind of goofy. It's an AR and a VR headset mixed into one. Um, but we finally have a tentative release date and a price on it. So the consumer version is said to be priced at $500, okay. which I mean is a lot less from the thousand plus dollars that they were originally planning on. They're really trying to get it into the hands of consumers, bring it down to $500. Um, they also have a couple more different versions. They have like a transparent version where you can see all the components at 700 oh, and like a business edition for $900. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, th this headset is hidden Kickstarter at that price in late September. Uh, we don't have an official announcement when it's going to start shipping, but once they raise all the money, they said that they're ready right away to start going into production. So hopefully not too long after that, if they meet their goal. I, but one, I... one of the problems with this, though, is that 
we we were all talking that this had to be the Oculus competitor, needed to be priced competitively. This is $500 for the headset alone. We're not talking any controllers or anything. Is it is it still a bit overpriced to be competing with the Oculus? Uh, I mean, for, for me, I think I think the biggest thing with it, and I was talking a little bit about this with Jay last night, is that I don't when it, when it first got announced, I was seeing it as you know a competitor more in terms of the, the you know the the casual like gaming market for the Oculus Quest. But it seems upon looking at it all that they don't even consider a controller a necessity to the experience. It seems for them they're much more into making this media AR device that almost seems like it's kind of like a cross between it's it's almost it's almost like a business computer for home use for people in a way but vr because it's got the color ar it's got the hand tracking and it seems like those are like the things that it's like advertising as its biggest strengths it's comfortable but since it doesn't do anything to block the light out you know it just it seems so much more like the type of device that i would use to watch movies or to you know do sort of applications in vr more than almost like perfect for like a virtual desktop type of situation more than I see it being the type of device that I play Resident Evil 4 VR on. Right. But they do have the capability for some of those more advanced features. Like you can get a face guard that more like, you know, suction cups to your face. Um, and you can get third party controllers that do work with this headset. Huh. Well, so... there, was, there was one thing that they have on the website that, or on the, on the link that I read that was a little confusing to me is that it says that, they changed the shape of the lenses or something so that it doesn't need to support the eye tracking. So I'm like, so did you get rid of the eye tracking or because, <laughs> because to me, it's like the eye tracking was one of the features that I remember being excited about in the first place. So if, if they got rid of that feature and it's just the Oculus quest without controllers for more money, <laughs> then I mean, yeah, I well, get a little bit worried in that sense. The AR side of it has me intrigued because, I mean, the HoloLens doesn't come with controllers. And I've gotten to play on one, and it's all hand gestures and stuff. So maybe they're really – is it possible that this game, this headset is really not meant for gaming at all? Like, hmm. like they're kind of saying you can get third-party controllers, and you can kind of do gaming, but we're going to do everything else. You know, where you're going to be wearing this thing at work, and it's going to be training you how to repair this machine, or you're going to be using it at home to have six monitors up while still seeing your physical keyboard through the gotcha. through the AR. Like, is is that what this is doing? I don't know. If that's the case, though, yeah, sort of it, like gaming on a Mac, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really classify it as a competitor for the Quest, and it more classifies it as a Hololens competitor than if that's the direction they go and we don't know yet what's what exactly their final intent is here but i i want it to also be able to game i want i want that option so i i'm curious we're gonna keep following this but was there anything else you both did a little more research on this is there anything else about it that was like oh there's a good sign i do have one thing that i mean i don't know if it, i wouldn't say it's a good sign i'd say it's the opposite oh, but <laughs> i think the other real reality that he mentioned is no release date and kickstarter you know, how, how long until these get into consumers' hands and how long until Oculus releases a better headset that makes whatever new things it adds obsolete anyways. I mean, if, if they if they dropped a Quest 3 or a Quest 2 Pro in January and it had color AR, that might be the nail in the coffin before anything's even started yet. 
I think that's possible, but I feel like this thing, I feel like this thing's going to hit its Kickstarter right out the gate. I mean, really? we've, seen so. that, we've seen that a lot lately in VR, even with, he was talking about last night, we were talking about some of these random companies that you wouldn't expect are getting mm-hmm. millions of dollars in funding out of nowhere. Once like they're, there are people that have developed one decently good game and they're getting tons of money. So it seems like people are just funneling money into VR. Which so, is just wild because to me, yeah. I just think that this is dead on arrival. <laughs> well, the, the other thing too is the other headset, the the one that uh, TikTok's buying. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's, that, there's that could a be a contender <laughs> in this whole argument as well too for competition. But there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, and and th- this news isn't about that, but I mean, I, we even saw Facebook drop those Ray-Bans this week. I don't know if you guys saw that news. I didn't. <laughs> and, th- and I thought they were going to be like augmented reality, but they're just smart glasses. They basically just take a video through your glasses and play music by your ears and stuff. So I, you know, I thought more more was going to be about competition this week when we talked in the podcast. And it's like, oh, we're still we're still in that gray area where it's like, okay, who's going to step up and fight? oculus we don't know for sure yet we don't know if anyone is at this yeah point. honestly i don't think it's possible at this point unless google wants to do it but google has been notoriously finicky <laughs> about <laughs> stuff like this so honestly uh, yeah I-, I feel like maybe once apple starts getting into the game then that's going to start showing people like hey this is a mature enough market that even apple's starting to go for it Let- let's shove some money in here and maybe then we'll start seeing some bigger companies come at it but psh- I don't know. At this point, I feel like it's Oculus's world and we're just living in it. <laughs> oh, oh, that that hurts me. Let's let's move on out of that. That just hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm going to sulk the rest of the podcast over here. All right. Well, let's quickly take this out of the news then. Let's talk about some VR games, but first, we got to talk to you uh about Asterian Products. They're sponsoring our game section this week. Them and their uh high-quality universal VR headset stands. So we talk about them a lot. We all have one, some of these hands. They have amazing RGB lighting. Uh, it fits every VR headset that we could get our hands on. Um, and you can get $5 off any order, $19.99 or more, by using code FULLDIVE on their website at asterianproducts.com. Or you can save 10% on any Asterian purchase on Amazon with the code FULLDIVE21. Boom. Boom, boom. Uh we want to say an extra thanks to them being so good to us, you know, and we're going to try something a little different this week in the gaming section. So next month is actually my five-year anniversary of owning a PSVR, and we wanted to take a look back over some of the most underrated games, those hidden gems from all of our years of experience in VR and talk about what, you know, what's worth going back and visiting. If you're new here to the podcast, if you're new to VR, what is out there for you that you just never even heard of? Adam, what have you got? You know, it's just so wild to me that every single time that I talk to people that own a VR headset, that they haven't tried what I think is probably the most incredible VR experience out there. And that's Google Earth. Every single time I tell people like, hey, what should I be playing in VR? Try Google Earth. Oh, hey, you know, what's the coolest thing that you've done in in VR? Google Earth. And so many people, even ones that have VR headsets for years, haven't tried this and to me it's one of the most incredible experiences out there you, you just can't grasp what it is because you think of google earth you know when you get on a computer and you zoom in and try to find a cat randomly in the frame somewhere <laughs> and you turn it around with your mouse and it's really choppy you get in vr and it just feels like that's what google earth was made for yeah Lip, have you tried it 
Uh, I want. I, I I have tried it, and I've actually tried two other versions of it as well. Because one thing about Google Earth that's unfortunate is it's only on PC VR. Mm-hmm. You can't get it on the Oculus Quest. That's right. But there is alternative options. There's a paid app called Wander, yep. and there's also a free App Lab release called Go Through, and they basically give you a minimal version of the Google Earth. Uh, but basically, yeah, I've I've been in there probably way longer than. I'd like to admit, because to me, because of the current events, I mean, I couldn't really go home at all. So I could go home using this. And, you know, admittedly, it's not perfect when you're in, you know, in these places because it's essentially just 360 photos. But you can get, you know, if if you want to go visit home again, it definitely scratches that itch. Yeah, or if somewhere you travel, especially if it's been a while. Like if you went on vacation ten years ago and went to some place, and you ha- and you haven't been back, like you go and you look at it through Google Earth, and it's like, oh my gosh, you start getting hit with the feels. I put my buddy in there who used to live in France, and he was about crying in the headset, going back and walking the paths in it that he used to go. It, and it's yeah, also- that exactly happened to me. I, I yeah. lived a couple of years in Japan. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to go back since, but I was able to go and be Google Earth and I was able to walk around and see and, and point out like, look, I stayed right there in that apartment, you know, second floor. It was just I I, I almost cried. Yeah, it's an emotional <laughs> reaction. And not only that, it's a great thing if you're out there and you have a friend that doesn't like gaming and doesn't care about VR. This is the thing that could easily convince them. Like this is yes. one of those, this is one of my extra ones I have in my tool belt for when someone doesn't want a game and doesn't want to do this. This is something I put people in because it blows their minds. It's so, so I've got a question. Does the Google Earth support multiplayer on PC? It currently does not, unfortunately. That's one thing that Wander does support. So you can actually oh. visit these places with a friend. I didn't know that, but I have Wander. I didn't know that. I gotta go try Wander now. I actually haven't ever tried it, I just have it for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's Google Earth, but I mean, it, it doesn't support the 3D buildings, though. Uh, okay, well, that's that's an unfortunate miss because I think that is a cool part of it, but that's really cool. It's got multiplayer. Google Earth needs that. That would be so sweet, especially if people yeah. could just join on their browser, like people who don't have a VR well, it's, headset. It's like, it's like you said, you know, you want to just show people all these places. You could yeah. literally have someone typing in locations <laughs> while grandma's wearing the headset and being like, oh, wow, this is where <laughs> I grew up, yeah. you know? Exactly. And so that that sounds like it's... You know, it's it's an underrated gem, I think, for most people. It sounds like we all have very positive feelings towards it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get some more controversial opinions going. <laughs> Jay, do you have any of those stashed away? Oh, boy. <laughs> so I put No Man's Sky on the list, not because, you know, this is not a hidden gem by any means, but the fact that a lot of people don't know that it has the VR side. You know, if you get this on PlayStation, if you get this on PC, VR is built into it. And like I was playing in VR when this thing launched and my buddy Matt in Denmark, who had like who had this game and played all the time, had never played it in VR. Like people (laughs) just don't know. They don't try it. and It's so good in VR. Have you two tried No Man's Sky in VR? I've I've tried it on the PlayStation VR Mm -hmm. and I've been tempted to, to get it set up on the PC. But I know it's such a huge undertaking that I'm like, well, when do I have a free week? But (laughs) But I have I have played it and I completely agree that it's it's a must play. But I don't know I I I think it's such a good game that I kind of it makes it it hurts me to to think of it as like a, a title that people aren't playing because it's literally one of the best VR games. And why why do you say it would take a week to set it up on PC? I'm just curious. Oh, because it would. The unfortunate reality is that 
because it takes so much time to get anywhere in the game. Mm -hmm. I feel like to like learn how to play the game properly again and like get to the point where, you know, I felt like I was like in, in enjoying the experience. It's it's, it's, like no man's sky is a lot more on the, the scale, like an MMO in terms of the amount of time everything takes. Yeah. So it's just, it's just like that kind of commitment where it's like, it's like Skyrim, you know, you don't, you don't open up Skyrim when you only have a couple hours to play. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to give a bit of a hot take. I actually don't really like No Man's Sky in VR. Uh, or at least the part where you're walking around planet. Once you get into your spaceship, mm, it feels so good. But just walking around No Man's Sky, I I don't know. For me, it was a little bit clunky. And I didn't enjoy it all that much. I would rather I would much rather play No Man's Sky, at least for me, flat. Once again, to this ship, yeah, the VR really adds to the experience. But for me, I don't know if I agree with that. Were you on a barren wasteland of a planet that had nothing on it, and that's why you feel that way? Seeing the huge animals around you, seeing the plants and everything in VR, how in the world could you feel that way about, I don't even know. Adam, I'm done talking to you tonight. <laughs> we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, Lip, what do you got for us? So I, I I put a few few together as a list, but uh, I think for me, the one that I rec I, I want to say the most because of the fact that I feel like people just disregard it, and I don't even know if you guys have even played it, this one, but uh, they did a Zone of the Enders uh, uh. second runner kind of like three D version, and they then then they did like a HD version or something for the PlayStation Four and like the PC, and they added a VR support option. And I think the on on the PlayStation it was either they were like separate separate buys. You could buy the non VR or buy the VR one. But I randomly picked it up on sale and it was like seventy five percent off and it was only ten dollars. And I didn't really have that much expectation going into it. But I played through like the whole game in like two sittings, and it felt so much to me like I was almost like it was almost like I was in an anime. And this like oh. futuristic mech anime, and I agree. Certain parts of the game just don't work well for VR because you're dashing so quickly between enemies. But it's one of those titles that there are like virtually no anime games at all for VR, and I feel like people just pass or they just ignore Zone of the Enders. And I don't know. For for me, I thought it was extremely fun, and I, I mean, it goes on sale for like ten dollars all the time, so it's hard to argue <laughs> with, you know, a full blown game for. 10 bucks. <laughs> well, you know, I might I might have kind of a an idea why that is the case because I bought this also super on sale and I haven't touched it. It's in my list of games to try, but I thought for some reason that this was like a 5 minute, you know, whatever. I thought this was like a really short thing. I didn't know this was actually like a game. So when, and so it's just sat there on my PlayStation forever. I never tried it, and now that you say it, I'm going to try it because like it's just sat there forever because I kept I look at it something about the thumbnail something about it just made me think it was some short little thing that I wasn't really gonna go try and now that i hear that i'm like i gotta try this now well you know who made the game the guy uh, who made uh, the metal gear solid games hideo kojima oh wow oh, wow so oh. It's, it's like a, it's an nostalgia like it's it, it's a legendary title so it, like if nothing else i mean it's a hideo kojima story in vr oh man speaking of which so. i can't even imagine a metal gear solid game in vr that'd be it's so much be fun coming. it's gotta, it's gotta be, gotta be. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Well, all right. I know I need to go get that. Adam, what, what else did you have on your list? Because I know you had a couple. You know, I have two games that I'm really looking forward to telling you about. Let's start with the first one. Uh, we talked about this on the podcast way early in the beginning, the early days of the podcast, uh, War Dust. Now, War Dust is this 
it's a shooter, but one of its biggest claim to fame is that it was huge lobbies. We're talking like 64 versus 64 players. If you didn't get enough players in the lobby, you'd filled in with bots. And it is just a wild experience. Um, and it was fun. You can drive all sorts of vehicles. You can jump out of helicopters and parachutes and all sorts of different guns. And it's just a wild, fu- wildly fun game. Um, and sadly, even though it supports so many players, it never really got as big as I had hoped it would. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I had a chance to play time. it with Jay. Yeah, I had a chance to play it with Jay and we had a blast in game. Um, but it's just one of the most stupid fun experiences out there. It tries to sell itself as really serious, you know, like, hey, you can ride all these vehicles, get to the battle. But in reality, what happens is that you are in a helicopter. There's one person's flying, one person's shooting, and then you start dying. And it feels like Black Hawk Down, you know, you're in this crashing <laughs> helicopter shooting out of the window. Um and then something flings you out a thousand miles across the map and you just go, oh, yeah, that's just a part of the game experience. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was way back in the early days of the podcast and we played it. This was back when the podcast really broadened my horizons because I didn't play much Pavlov or Contractors, any of that stuff. I've never really been a Milsim game kind of person. And when I got in War Dust, I thought that this was like what all all shooter games in VR were going to be from then on out. <laughs> Super janky, uh, just a laughable time with your friends when you're doing it. And like, I didn't even know back then you'd like aim your gun down to be able to sprint. Like I was learning all this on the fly. That's how little experience I had with this. And it was fun. You know, you get, you get in a tank and you're driving it. You fly a plane in or a helicopter. It's, it does so much more with VR than so many games do. Uh, but that's, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a great game. Uh, it, oh it's no, it's fun. a terrible game, it's but it's, fun. it's hilariously fun. <laughs> yeah, that's if you go get the game, don't think you're going to have the best experience ever. You're going to have a good time with friends, but it is, it's just, it's so open world and so many vehicles and stuff. You just don't get that in VR. You know, you either get a racing game or you get a shooting game. You don't get something where you feel like you can do a little bit of everything. And War yeah. kind of scratches that itch. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest, I never heard of the game before, before you mentioned it, but I think I'm going to go take a look after this podcast and, uh, See, see, see if it's something for me too, because I it definitely sounds like that kind of hilarious type of. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a <laughs> game that you go and goof off, and hopefully the there's there's still enough people for the servers to be up. Oh, I could care less as long as there's <laughs> bots. As, as, as long as there's something to shoot, I'm happy. Well, as long <laughs> yeah. as there's multiplayer, if you do it, let, let us know. I'd love to get back. Oh, in I'd love to hop back on instantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you got one more game, right, Adam? I do. So the one final game that I want to talk about is this game called Vox Machina. Vox Machina. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. It has all sorts of weird spelling. But this is a game that has been a little bit underrated, which is a shame because I feel like it's an incredible game. It is a giant robot fighting game. Um, And its biggest claim to fame is that you don't really use a lot of the buttons on your controls or everything. Everything how you control the robot is in the interior of the cockpit. So you don't turn your analog sticks to turn the robot. You grab this joystick that turns you left and right, and you shove it one way or the other to turn the robot around. <laughs> you know, if amazing. you want a jetpack, you grab the jetpack handle and pull back on it to launch yourself into the air. You don't push a button or anything. If you're aiming the gun, you're grabbing these the arms of your robot and pointing them where you want to shoot it's amazing it's some of the most fun vr experience that i've had (laughs) is it competitive multiplayer 
it does have uh, multiplayer against other people. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds like I would be fighting with the buttons trying to figure it out and someone would be just destroying me the whole time. <laughs> but you see, that's the that's some of the most fun, though, is that I think because it's so odd, because you have to reach around your whole cockpit, it never feels like you have full mastery of the robot, <laughs> which is really fun. It feels like you're in constant state of panic against fighting against the this robot that you are piloting, which is a really fun experience, you know? Because the other guy is dealing with the exact same thing. <laughs> it's, this guy can either shoot you or move, but probably not both at the same time because he's shoot, he's dealing with the exact same stuff you are. And the best is when you're reaching around and you just see that good old foghorn right at the ceiling and you know it does nothing, but you got to pull on it to, <laughs> just to get the sound. It's some of the most fun I've, I've had in VR in a long time. Yeah, that sounds... They, they, they definitely need more like types of games that are like cockpit types of games where you're sitting in a cockpit just messing with dials and seeing all this awesome stuff happening on the yeah. outside of whatever you're in. I was, I was a little bit disappointed with Star Wars that they, the Rogue Squadron game, they didn't let you do any like cockpit stuff. Yeah, yeah that was surprising. Uh, yeah, because there was a, an old Star Wars kind of thing on PlayStation and every button in the cockpit did something. So I was kind of surprised about well, that. And there was that Star Trek game and the Star Trek game was all about the whole being in the cockpit, you know, filling each one of the roles. And I thought that was such a cool element, but they haven't really done anything, you know, on that scale since then. Yeah, but you know what? I, I feel like it just scratches different itches, right? Oh, like yeah, I'm yeah. big into these flight sims. And when I play Star Wars, I was more than happy using my flight stick and controller or and throttle and everything because that's the experience that I was coming in to get is, oh, a, yeah. a, is a real sort of more um, realistic type of flight sim, but in Star Wars. And so I feel like that if you had all the different buttons and everything to push it, you wouldn't get that sense of mastery over um, over the vehicle like you would with a flight stick and throttle. So, I, I mean, maybe it's just different types of experiences. I, I just would have liked the option because I know with, uh, I think it's Ultra Wings, they mm -hmm. kind of give you the, the, the yep. two-in-one situation where they have all the buttons you can flick, but you can also just access all the same stuff on your controller. Oh, that's interesting. I, I was kind of thinking, you know, more like that where it's like, you know, I don't have a flight stick, but maybe still give me the joystick I can move around. And obviously it's not going to be as legit as a controller, but... Well, just, I, just, I just wanted to flick a couple buttons in the cockpit. <laughs> All speaking yeah. of uh, hidden gems, Ultra Wings might be one. But Lip, what else was on your list? Uh, so I, I, I said a few just, just to be careful. Uh, but because I don't want to leave the, the, the Quest users out in the dark, I'm going to choose the one that supports all three headsets. And this is definitely a game that I think re review-wise it did really well, but I don't hear people talking about it. So I kind of want to bring it back up, but Pixel Ripped 1995. Oh. It's a game where you essentially are playing re like n new games made in VR in this like 1995 setting, and you kind of go through as this kid who's you know playing a Zelda game, and then he goes hmm. to like Blockbuster and he's playing. I think they're like they're almost like uh, like Metroid or like a Castlevania kind of game, but he's playing them both at once. But it's just this being in vr but experiencing essentially when i was a kid again in this like fantasy version of it and i, I love pixel rip 1995 and so it works great on so so are you playing these games like on a screen in front of you or are you like inside the zelda universe 
Oh, you're 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 sitting in like like, uh, like in the starting. You're like sitting in your uh, your like living room, and mm-hmm. the TV's in front of you, and you're basically you put your two controllers together to hold the controller properly, <laughs> and you're basically it, it's it's like you're you know sitting there playing a TV. It's it's if you've played the Sonic or sorry the Sega Genesis Collection in VR, it's similar to that in terms of your like scope, but they'll add things outside of the game, which honestly some of those things caught me off guard. And I'll admit one of the things was one of the most immersed I've ever been in a game Wow! because they have this thing where your uh, your parents checking in on you and this and that. And when you're in the living room at one point, your dad comes home and he like slams open the door behind the TV, open the behind you and you're still playing the game and you sort of look up and it was enough of a distraction that I, for a brief moment, just, you know, was immersed in this situation of playing this other game and I kind of thought that was actually my dad coming in the room, and I kind of <laughs> looked in my head, and I was like, "Wait a second, we're playing a game. This is not, this is not my house." Oh, that's funny. That's the ultimate objective of any VR game, I think, is for a second to just lose yourself and think that the game is your reality, like even just for a tiny moment. Yeah, and that's that's actually what the the last two games that I had. I'm gonna kind of lump them together because they kind of scratch that. So, Windlands and to the top are both games that have you parkour throwing yourself all over crazy huge landscapes. Uh, One, you're using like Spider-Man web shooters. The other, you're just using your hands and momentum. But both of those, there's a second where you like throw yourself off the edge of a building and you feel your stomach go up into your chest and you like stop or you almost fall over in real life. And just like you were talking about that moment, you know, there's that just tiny fraction of a second where you think oh gosh i'm falling off a building or something and it it catches you so off guard that you realize after wow i was that immersed that i was that into this game that it felt that real and those (laughs) two for me are games if you haven't tried those you have to try them those were some of the earlier days of vr games but they are so good and so immersive and anything where you're flying around you know puts you in the vr elements i think yeah and windlands actually has an incredible sequel windlands 2 which Mm -hmm. i've played and still love to this day and and also to add to that too uh windlands also just got uh like about a month ago got added to app lab so regardless of what headset you have you can play all those all the two games he mentioned on all three of them and i'll be perfectly honest regardless what headset you have all three of them are must plays so yeah yeah, fantastic games. Uh, and then Winlands 2 has co-op as well. So that's, that's. I still thought Winlands 1, for some reason, hit me harder. I liked it. I don't know why different. But Winlands 2 has co-op. So if you have friends that are going to do it with you, that's the way to go. You know, play it together. <laughs> and then To the Top also has multiplayer, which people don't really know. Oh. But it's kind of like a cooperative. It's really cool. So any of the games on this list, from what everyone said, I'd say, if you haven't tried these, you know, add these to your I Gotta Try These someday list. Because they're so good. Uh <clears throat> And if you have some other hidden gems that you think that we should try out and chat about on the podcast, hit us up on Discord. You know what? That's might as well plug the Discord right now. Yeah, come join our (laughs) Discord. It's a great party there. You can suggest Q&A questions and provide all these hidden gems of games that we can play and talk about for next week's podcast. You can change the show. Yes. Sculpt it. (laughs) Sculpt it to your liking. Yes. And uh, yeah, if you want to provide a little bit more, not just with your amazingly intelligent conversation and helping change our podcast for the better, you can become a direct supporter of the podcast on Patreon and get a priority on your Q&A questions. If you're listening to the podcast, consider checking us out on YouTube. 
Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, consider all of our different audio platforms so you can take us on the go. Uh, but after all this, thank you so much for listening. And remember that when it comes to VR, you have to dive on dive in. Dive on in. <laughs> or dive out of your chair. Like, what <laughs>